I'm so glad you're here with us on the Clark Howard Show, where you get empowerment through knowledge so you can save more and spend less and don't let anyone ever rip you off. You feel like I've given you a bum steer? Well, you get to hear what other people have felt later this show when you get to hear Clark Stinks, where people let you know where they feel that I have failed in my job. Actually, I look at it as a great way for me to earn a passing grade from you as I learn from you. Now, there are so many times someone will say to me, they love what they hear from me, they love my show, they love my podcast, they love the website, they love seeing me on TV, whatever, and I do exactly what you say, and I like cringe, and and instead of saying thank you, I say, well, you know, it's just my opinion, and you should always learn as much as you can because my opinion could be wrong. I, I take that very much to heart that that it is just my opinion. I've done this for a long time, and I may have uh, decent advice on many things, but others, I may be missing something. And so don't just take what I say and think, well, that's what I should do. But it's a natural tendency when you learn to trust someone. And there's a guy who I've known forever that pains me to talk about this. But he's a name that particularly people that are older might remember very well. Jordan Goodman, longtime author, used to be with Money Magazine, uh, did radio, did TV. And, well... After all those years of building up trust with people and all the rest, he got in trouble for running a Ponzi scheme. And he had built up such a reservoir in goodwill and trust with people that people just bought in to what he started talking about on the air. And he made millions of dollars steering people in to a Ponzi scheme that uh, you may or may not have heard on the radio or elsewhere, Woodbridge, and he, after he got in trouble with the law, he's uh, paid back money, paid fines, and he's banned forever from the securities industry. He is not going to prison. But this is a guy I've known, a guy who, um, who wrote very eloquently and simply about strategies about how, how to handle money. But then he kind of lost his way and started looking for the big score, putting people into things that were not okay. And he, uh, there were many different ventures he was involved in in sleazy finance and it just absolutely upset me so much that this is a guy who's been at this uh, just a little longer than I have doing this and the reason I'm talking about this is I said to you just a couple minutes ago that I cringe when somebody says well you said it so I'm going to do it I want you to take guidance from me maybe but I want you to know you never know when someone you're trusting is maybe going to pull a fast one. And I know if you know me, the odds of that ever happening with me 
is as close to zero as it could be. But this is not specifically about me. It's about anybody who's, you hear pitching something on radio. And I think about a lot of the stuff I see here on radio, see on TV, see on the web, where people who are very eloquent or very chatty or very friendly are pitching things that are not necessarily a good thing for you. But because they build up this familiarity with you and this trust and this comfort that you're more likely to suspend normal um, precaution, normal caution, and actually thoroughly checking out what it is they're pitching. So often what's consistent is that people are saying, as so often people are worried with their money, that their money is at risk or they're trying to grow their money. And the pitches repeatedly, including with some of the Jordan Goodman stuff, were about how you could earn money above market rates without risk. Anytime somebody is giving you a song and dance about how you're going to earn above market but eliminate the risk equation, that's when you know to be very, very wary. I think about that guy... Madoff, who ripped off some of the most sophisticated and wealthy people in the United States for billions and billions and billions of dollars, just because as he became familiar with them through the rich people circuit of country clubs and things like that, private jet lounges and all that, that people were like, oh, Madoff's a genius, and he's given me a chance to be in his investments. I mean... How would I not do that? What did you really know about him? What did you know about what he was investing in? It was always a big mystery, this dark pool that he was investing in. So please, remember this forever. You can get information from somebody. You can get ideas from them. But when they start pitching a specific product or service, that's when your normal caution needs to come back to life and make sure that you do your third-party checking before you say, yeah, that really would work for me. Let me give you just one example. You hear me say repeatedly, when people ask me basic investing questions, saving for retirement, putting money in a Roth, whatever, and I go through it like a protocol about, you know, look at the low-cost companies, Vanguard, Schwab, Fidelity. These are the investments at Schwab and Fidelity I like. Do your Roth IRA. You can do up to 6000 a year, but get going with it. Make it automatic and all that. Okay, so it is, you strip out the Vanguard, Fidelity, Schwab. The advice is completely standard and commonsensical. But then when you hear me say, well, where I would go is Vanguard, Schwab, or Fidelity, just taking my word on that is not a good decision. You want to make sure that you check and see, well, I'm going to the Fidelity thing. Let me see. What is this thing Clark talked about, about this fund or that fund? Is it really good? Is it really okay? Don't just take my word as the word. Take my word as guidance and a direction. Chris is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Chris. How you doing? Fine, Clark. It's a pleasure to talk to you. I've listened to you for decades, and I'm glad I'm having the opportunity. Well, great to have you here. And 
you want to talk about something that's been a really hot topic on our show the last maybe two and a half years. Hit me with it. I live in the outside the, you might be, I know you travel a lot. You might be familiar with it, the greater Finger Lakes region of upstate New York. Not only am I familiar with it, I've been in the Finger Lakes region. Well, then you know. And I froze my tail off in September and there were snow flurries. (laughs) There you go. Welcome to upstate New York. But um, it's beautiful area. But one of the disadvantages is it's kind of as you as you have been up here, you've seen it's rural and it's scenic with the lakes and mountains. And we're very limited as to what we could watch for uh, television, especially we have very limited choices. I'm with a package right now that's up for renewal this summer, and I'm getting a decent deal. But as you know, loyalty is not a thing that is used in the in the TV business when it comes to cable and satellite and things like that. And once my two-year special is up this summer, I'm invest- starting my investigation now as to what is to look for uh, television options. We have an issue where we can't get the local stations very well with it with an antenna because I'm a distance, probably the closest city to me is Rochester, New York, and it's difficult with an antenna. So uh, I'm looking at these options and I had a colleague of mine a week or two ago came to me and said that there was this um, television streaming package that he gets. I've heard you talking off and on these past two years, like you just said about Hulu and YouTube and all these other sling and so forth. I don't believe I've ever heard you talk about this one. The only thing my colleague told me is that it's very inexpensive, $25 a month. You can't get the local stations on it, but you can get up to 500 channels, which seems to me a ridiculously high amount of channels. For 25 bucks, really, right. What really seems strange is that many of these channels are carrying proprietary sports packages, which normally... You would have to pay, I'm a sports fan, so I know like if I get a hockey package, it'll cost me a couple hundred dollars a year, or if you get football or basketball or anything, it costs you, but for $25 a month, you're getting a lot of this Right, so let me explain. There's some stuff I need to tell you, and your friend can make the decision that your friend's made, but these, this is one of many pirate services, services, I use that word loosely, There are any of a number of these pirates that grab program packages and grab channels they don't have rights to, and so the 25 that your friend's paying is getting him a lot of ill-gotten gain television. And there are many of these out there. We get a lot of calls about these alternatives, because the cost of the, uh, the programming services and the program channels and then the specialty channels hockey, baseball, uh, NFL, college, all that, NBA, they're, they're on their own. They're very expensive. So these are all pirates. And whether you would be prosecutor or something like that, who knows? But the legitimate streaming products start at about 20 bucks a month. But to get a decent amount of programming for somebody who really likes to consume video, you're going to be more in the range of 40 a month. The issue we have here with local, I mean, I I would go with one of those, but the issue we have is like my wife likes to watch the, as I mentioned, the, you know, the the major networks, let's yeah. say, from the local. All right, affiliate. so that that you know, generally is going to be covered, and I would look at, 
Um, look at the bigs among these. Now, my favorite of them is the one that's called YouTube.tv or YouTube TV, whatever you want to call it, is my favorite of the streaming products. But we actually have a guide at Clark.com where we go through the pros and cons and what channels you get on each of the services, again, starting roughly at 20 a month. Plus, for people that are ultra cheap, we have a $0 a month that's legit, a $0 a month uh, series of services you can do that we now list on our comparison guide at Clark.com. So let your friend do this if your friend wants to, but I don't advise it. I don't recommend it because of the dangers being involved with one of the pirates. David is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, David. How are you? Hello, Clark. I'm just fine. It's a pleasure to talk to you. I've listened to you for, for years. Thank you. How can I be of service today? For Christmas uh, in 2017, I gave my son $1,000 and started him in one of the big uh, companies and put him in a 2050 targeted fund in hopes that he would uh, put some more money into it, but he hasn't. <laughs> okay, so I got I got a tip for you. This is as a parent of three children, I've been down this road before. What yeah. I do is I only put money in for my kids as as teenagers if they put in money. So that if they put up a dollar, I put up a dollar. I'll call it the daddy match, and I um, I've been able to create the incentive where my kids put money aside because they know that they're going to instantly double their money. Yeah. Is well, your 21-year-old working at all, or what's going on? Yes, he's a welder. He travels the country welding. so He makes, he makes good money, too. Yeah, he makes. he's been making some pretty good money, but he seems to... Spend it all. Uh, find a way to spend it. <laughs> okay. He bought a, a big camper, and he's now he's looking at a truck, and... Yeah. So in other words, he's a typical twenty-one-year-old. That's that's correct. Yeah. <laughs> and Did I, I get the I age right that, now? Is that what he is now? Twenty-one. He's actually twenty-two now. Twenty-two. Okay. So, so what are you thinking of doing? Because you gave him a thousand, and it's just sitting there. He hadn't touched any of that, has he? No, it's Good. sitting sitting there. It's down to nine seventy, right? It, it fluctuates with the market, of course. Sure. But. I was wondering about letting him maybe take that out and put it into one of these accounts that he can trade free. I wouldn't do uh, like that. You thinking like Robinhood or something? That's the one I was looking at. Yeah, so David, I, I wouldn't go that way. I'd go back, bookend to what I said up front. He's making big money as a welder. And you know he's going to hit a point later in life. He's going to say, I should have listened to my dad and shouldn't put money aside. So what I would do is this money that's the 970 that's in there is it inside a Roth IRA or is it just in a regular investment account? Just a regular investment 2050. All right. So what account. I would do is he's working, he's got income, I would migrate that money into a Roth IRA. There'll be no tax doing it because the account's actually worth $30 less than it was originally. And what I would do in that Roth, and uh, do you know what Roth is? It's a tax-free account for people that are working, uh -huh. and he can have up yeah. to $6,000 in it. 
and you want to build this habit in him, and the target retirement fund is actually a great choice. And okay. so what I would do is I would go to him and say, hey, I'd really love for you to think about saving money, and so I'm going to offer you this. Um, I don't know what you can afford to do, but whatever amount it is, you offer to put up a dollar for each dollar that he'll put into this Roth IRA. Okay. Because it's not about getting him interested in investing. It's about getting him interested in not spending every last penny he's making as a welder. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. And so the dad match that you can do with your 22-year-old son would do more for him if he'll participate than anything you could imagine because you'll really build that habit of saving and investing. By the time he's mature enough to understand it, he will have already put in money because they want to pick up the free money from you. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to keep more of what you make. Now, this show is so different than most any talk show in that this show is not about me having the last word, about my opinion being the only one that matters. It's about collective wisdom. We all learn from each other. And it's really important that I learn from you. Because I'm just a guy. I'm just one person. And when I give advice, when I give information, when I give opinion, when I'm answering someone's question, it needs to be on the money. And there are times you feel like, well, my brain's bankrupt. And that's why we have Clark.com slash Clark Stinks, where you can post where you feel, I gave bad advice, I missed the mark, or I'm just plain dumb. And so once a week, our producer, Krista, goes through your posts on Clark Stinks and shares highlights with you right here on the air. I should have never encouraged you to speak. You must think I'm pretty stupid. You should be ashamed of yourself. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right, pal. All right, this one might be a little tough for me. Well, I got to say something first. I just wanted to mention, I get more comments from people kind of uh, awkwardly, nervously, or guiltily laughing how much they love hearing Clark Stakes, that it's just their favorite thing we do on the air. And I love it, too. I love that we do this. It's it's fun. It really is. It's because of the way you you just have such a, a good attitude about it well the more the more we listen to others the more we learn and the better we are as people and what we do in our lives all right i hope i do this one right you'll see what i'm talking about can someone please coach clark on how to pronounce huawei it's not that hard you if you can say juan you can say huawei it's the same thing there's no reason the trans the transliteration of and they put the symbol in there is Huawei, there's a reason that that's Huawei and not Huawei. The H is there for a reason. And remember, J in Spanish is also pronounced like an H. So everything is there telling you how to pronounce it properly. And I'm sure you you say Juan properly and don't say Juan. So can you please stop butchering the company's name? The Chinese think we're incompetent and uneducated enough as it is. Scott. Scott, thank you. Huawei <laughs> once that to be the westernized way that their name is said because they want people just to identify with the brand. Now, in the United States, 
the brand is a tarnished one because of fears in the Trump administration that Huawei is an agent of the Chinese government engaged in spying, espionage, and uh, also a disruptive force. But Huawei, as it said in everywhere else in the world except Asia, is the way they prefer for their name to be said. So it's easier for people who don't speak Chinese to say the name. Hey, Clark, I love your show, but you failed to mention, in addition to freezing your credit reports with all three bureaus, you should also freeze your check systems report to prevent people from opening fraudulent accounts in your name. I work at a credit union, and we can pull a credit report even if it's frozen for the purposes of opening a new account, but frozen check systems report would prevent this. Thanks for all you do, Nathan. Nathan, that is a great suggestion. And Nathan, let me tell you the challenge I face with all the potential ways that people can create havoc using your identity is that I don't want people to feel overwhelmed and shut down. Your suggestion is 100% valid. I start with the low-hanging fruit of trying to get people to freeze their credit files with the three majors, Equifax, TransUnion, and Experian. And just as you point out, there are other ways that people can cause mischief. Another that came up recently was from someone who works at a cell phone store about freezing your identity with the database that that the cell phone carriers use to prevent somebody getting a cell phone as if they're you. So there are actually a couple of hundred specialty bureaus out there. And to add others, if you're really diligent, is a great idea, like adding check systems. Clark, you don't stink. However, there is one thing that you seem to leave out when discussing a Roth IRA. You always say you can withdraw your contributions penalty-free, but when I research it, I'm seeing that you have to be 59 and a half to do so. Is this true? Does it vary by state or situation? Thanks. You're awesome. Dustin. Dustin, thank you for that. All right, so here's the nuance. You can withdraw your contributions tax and penalty-free at any time, but your earnings must stay in the plan till you're 59 and a half or older to avoid any problems. So that is the distinction with the difference. And that's why uh, there are people who use Roth IRAs as their initial way to build up a rainy day account. At the same time, they're building up money for retirement. That it's money that you don't want to be tempted to withdraw from, but if you had to, you can withdraw a significant portion of everything you've contributed or amounts you have contributed tax and penalty free. Clark, I've been listening to your show for over 18 years and I love the advice you give. A lady called and she asked you what to do regarding changing her last name to her married name when it came to travel. You told her to go ahead and change her name on her driver's license and not to worry about her passport until it would expire. The problem is that when you book an airline ticket, the name on the ticket has to match the name of the document you use for travel. Furthermore, if you are enrolled in a frequent flyer program, the name on that program has to match the name on your profile. So as you can see, if you travel domestic and abroad, you have a problem purchasing a ticket and getting miles with that airline. Also, programs like TSA Clear won't allow you to use your maiden name after you've changed your name to a married name. The list of hassles goes on and on. If you don't take care of all of your documents, credit cards, airline frequent flyer programs, etc. Sandy. Sandy, I appreciate that. You are not the only person who pointed out the flaw in the advice 
I gave. I gave that advice based on how expensive obtaining a passport is and renewing one is. And that's why I explained it the way I did, because most people who travel very rarely travel internationally. And so I thought you'd just got the clock run on the passport. But obviously, you and several others felt that that advice was short-sighted and that I was cheapening out on something that could cause severe hassles at some point. Clark, for the first time in all my years of listening to your show, I needed some air freshener. Recently, you spoke of loan forgiveness for specific professions. Two professions mentioned as public service are the very careers of my neighbors who work short days and or weeks and spend their free time drinking and playing cornhole while the rest of us work 12-hour days. playing what? Cornhole. That's the game where you, you toss the bean bags onto the wooden... It's usually a wooden platform with a hole in there, and you try to get it in the hole, and there's like two of them, and you go... Really? Tailgating? You've never tailgated. Okay. Uh... <laughs> anyway, they spend their free time actual real life. playing That's games the point. and drinking and while well, the rest of us work 12-hour days. Why should their loans be forgiven? Loan forgiveness is a flawed concept that does not hold people accountable for their choices, something you've always supported. Besides, how is public service defined? Most companies generate product or services that benefits the public. For example, a civil engineer that works for a private company but decide, designs roads for a city. Wouldn't that be a public service? Andy. Andy, thank you. And that's why uh, public service loan forgiveness has always been controversial. Roughly one in four uh, college graduates work in something that qualifies under the current law as public service. The idea of the loan forgiveness is there are a lot of people who might have made a different career choice if they had to absorb the full cost of their college education. And so the idea of public service loan forgiveness, which if I remember right, started under uh, President George W. Bush. I think that's when it started. Anyway, the idea of it is to encourage people to go into lower paying jobs that are with nonprofits or police officers, teachers, firefighters, that kind of thing. Uh, so that people will not feel that their student loans would keep them from taking a job like that. And so there's always been the question in capitalism, what is the greater benefit to the public? Is it somebody who creates a new product or service that the public craves and loves, or is it somebody who serves people in a traditional public service capacity? And that's something that we still haven't figured out as a society. Clark stinks almost as much as the smell of a burning cell phone. I had a neighbor who accidentally ended up putting their cell phone in the oven, and Clark's advice on cell phones smells almost as bad. Clark and his team spend a lot of time talking about finding the right cell phone plan, but very little time discussing the upfront costs of the phone itself. My wife and I have a plan with one of the big carriers, which costs us a little under $100 per month. It is not an unlimited plan, but it gets us all the data we need for most months. I have an iPhone 5C, which I purchased new years ago and which Apple has not updated for many years. It is glitchy at times because of the lack of updates and you cannot download the newest apps to it because of these software shortcomings. But when I look at trading it in for a newer model, the cost of a new phone always makes me pause. Even the cost of upgrading to a six, which is what my wife has, 
makes me almost as likely to pass out as the fumes from burning plastic. The break-even point seems to be just too high to make it worthwhile. Please, Clark, give us some good advice on how to manage the entire cost of cell phone ownership, not just the plan portion. Michael. Michael, I appreciate that. So rule number one, if you want to be able to upgrade your phone and not spend a fortune, is you got to switch from Apple to Android. And there are a lot of uh, perfectly adequate Androids that would run circles around that 5C that you can buy at around $100. For $150, you can buy a phenomenal phone like the Motorola G6 that's now street-priced around $150. And if you do want to stay in the Apple orbit, you can buy at very good prices refurbs of the 6s or the 7s, although I would recommend the 7s because of the battery issues the 6s have. I've used a lot of Clark's advice. I have a 2.5% 15-year mortgage because I listened to Clark's advice to refinance after Brexit. An 814 credit score that I monitor in Credit Karma because of Clark. Life insurance from Policy Genius because of Clark. A Vanguard Roth IRA and a target retirement fund for my wife because of Clark. His advice about prepaid burial, however, needs to be updated. If a person goes into a nursing home, they should get a prepaid burial. It is an exemption from Medicaid, and that way if a person ends up on Medicaid, they won't have enough money to pay for a funeral. An Arkansas attorney. I appreciate your advice, and it is a a dilemma involving the prepaid funerals because the biggest problem with prepaid funerals is how much people are paying in advance for those funerals. You know, the cost of funerals varies so much that my preference has been that you use one of the services of a state or local memorial society. You can see them at funerals.org. And even with some of those, you can find these low prices. And if necessary, depending on the state, you may be able to prepay, but pay roughly about one-fourth of what the typical funeral might be in an area. Sorry, Clark. I think your calculator batteries are running low and giving you wrong answers. You stated that there was no sense getting an airline credit card unless you flew at least twice per month. I fly once per year at Christmas and still come out ahead. My AA credit card annual fee is $95. Bag fees are $25 per person each way, which would cost me $100. So I'm already a newspaper and a coffee ahead. Then I factor in the miles I accrue, and it's worth it to me. True, I'm not getting double cash back, but I'm still coming out ahead for flights I'd be making anyway, plus earning miles for free trips later. Just so as you know, Lee. Lee, you give a perfect example that if you fly an airline that charges for checking a bag, that having uh, typically the lowest level airline card tied in with American United and Delta that will get you a free bag for everybody on your reservation purchased with that card is usually a $95 annual fee and one family trip can make that pay. Uh, I never check a bag ever, not ever. So I don't even consider that, but your point is valid. Otherwise you could fly Southwest and two bags per person fly free every flight. I appreciate all your posts. Please go to clark.com slash clarkstinks and let me know how I can serve you better. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. 
Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Jay joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Jay. How are you doing? Good, how are you? Great, thank you. Jay, you have a question that is close to my heart. You want to have a vehicle that'll drive forever. Yep. They don't, haven't made them yet, but I try to get as close as I can. And you know and I know the brands that last the longest. And I was listening to your one of your um, last uh, sessions where you were talking about cars that people have held on to for 15 years or more exactly and um that sounds great what i'm wondering is is there a website anywhere that rates pretty much maybe not just the brand but even the models of which cars have the best longevity ratings and i'm talking 200,000 miles plus Okay, um, so that is that is the point of uh, a list, and this may have been the one you heard me talk about or not, from iccars.com. The vehicles that people tend to drive more than a couple hundred thousand miles, and okay. they are specific models, and I've got it on Clark.com, but I'll tell you, it's divided... The longest-lasting cars, the longest-lasting trucks, and then overall the longest-lasting vehicles. So are you interested in a car or a truck or SUV? Well, eventually it would be a, uh, a minivan, and then my wife's due for an SUV. So, All right, well, let me hit you with quickly the highlights, and then you can see this in full on our write-up at Clark.com. Um, the vehicle that is most likely to last the most miles, the Toyota Sequoia, this is in terms of what people keep on the road the longest miles, Chevy uh-huh. Suburban, Ford Expedition, the Yukon XL, Toyota 4Runner, Chevy Tahoe, Toyota Highlander Hybrid, Honda Ridgeline, and Yukon. Those are all the uh, SUVs. And then I got the cars, and they're overwhelmingly... Toyota and Honda as well. And again, you can see this whole list on Clark.com and make a call on it. it. There's only two minivans that make the list, the Honda Odyssey and the Toyota Sienna. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.